Ghost Meta Podcast, back after a few weeks. Uh, we are remote. We are not in the studio, obviously. I just green screen behind me if you're listening on iTunes or Spotify or Anchor or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, there is a giant green screen behind me. And I might just leave it green, might just keep it real, or may turn it into the ocean or a pink background. I don't know. Who, who knows what it'll be. But if you're watching on YouTube, thank you very much. Subscribe, however your favorite way to watch the show or listen to the show. Um, notifications, you know, I hear all the time. People are like, man, where's your podcast? You know, I'm, I'm waiting for it all week. And I'm like, I dropped it on Monday. And they're like, oh, well, I didn't even notice it. We Put your notifications on, okay? Subscribe to the podcast. Put the notifications on. And if I sound a little under the weather, uh, that's because I have been. And that's the reason the podcast has been... Uh, on a bit of a delay here, we were, I think we're two weeks. I think we're two weeks, either two weeks or one and a half week, something like that. So I usually, before these podcasts, I usually do like a uh, like a not a script, but kind of a bulleted outline of what I'm going to talk about. And for this podcast, I have left that. I forgot it. I did it. I had a nice bulleted long list. Forgot it. So we're just going to be riffing here today. We're going to be catching up, taking it easy, enjoying ourselves, and hopefully me helping you with your commute and or my voice droning in the background while you do something around the house. That's how I tend to listen to my podcasts. But the past couple of weeks, um, Mardi Gras happened here in the South. And if you don't know what Mardi Gras is, Mardi Gras is kind of like Sodom and Gomorrah with a lot less Gomorrah and a lot more of me, if you know what I'm saying. And Mardi Gras is a crazy, crazy time of the year. It's where a bunch of adults, and by a bunch I mean entire cities, states, regions, where they all get together and they decide that, hey, let's just sin. Let's just do really bad things for the next, I don't know, five days. But... After those five days, we have to promise to be good. We'll be so good that we won't eat meat on Fridays. And we'll give up something. That's what we'll do. First, we sin a lot. And then we'll give up the meats. That's the deal, God. Take it or leave it. Mardi Gras, where I'm from, is a little different. Some places have parades, some places have festivals. We have like a four-day, depending on who you are, a four-day bender just hellscape. I mean, it is it is really it is really brutal. To give you an idea, it's all at a casino. It's all located at a casino. This is just my Mardi Gras. This is how my Mardi Gras works. It's all at a casino. Go to the casino. I got there on Friday night, Friday evening, and I left Monday at about noon. My entire existence for a few days was inside of a casino. Uh, If I wasn't drinking, I was playing blackjack. If I wasn't playing blackjack, I was drinking. If I wasn't doing either, I was sleeping. I'm not proud of myself. Uh, It seems like a really good idea during the actual Mardi Gras. It seems like a really, really bad idea every single second after Mardi Gras. Seems like the worst idea is any of that. 
And for whatever reason, every single year after Mardi Gras, I get sick. Really sick. And I never get sick. I never get sick. I haven't been to the doctor, like an actual doctor. I haven't been to an actual doctor in probably... I honestly don't know. I mean, I would say a decade, but I don't know. But after Mardi Gras, I always get super sick. And it's the same kind of sick. I lose my voice, like lose it, completely gone. And lose my voice, I get like just super congested, super malaise. I think it's laryngitis maybe. I'm not sure. I'm not a doctor. But every year it happens. And this year it happened. So, Mardi Gras was the 25th, I think. I think the 24th is when I really got sick. And I'm just now getting over it. And it's March 2nd. So, that's where the podcasts have been. So, pardon my belligerence. But it was... I actually went to Urgent Care. Or Alpha Care. It's called Alpha Care. Huge shout out to Alpha Care. It is a... Uh, it's like an urgent care in my area. And they were incredible. First time I've ever been there. And the reason I went is because they had extended hours. They were open till like 8 p.m. And I went and basically had to... I went with a purpose. I went to get a steroid shot. I wanted to get a steroid shot because I wanted this gone. I didn't want to deal with it anymore. I didn't, I didn't, want, to, I didn't want to deal with being sick. I didn't want to deal with blowing my nose. I didn't want to deal with feeling like malaise or whatever. So I said, so I went into it with the idea of I'm going to say all the right things to get a steroid shot. And when I was in Alpha Care, I go in there and the ladies asks me, you know, we go through a brief Q&A period where she's like, do you smoke? Do you do this? And I say, no, no, no. She says, do you drink? And I say, well, right now, you know, kind of a tough time to ask me that uh and she was like okay, well how much and i was like are you familiar with amy winehouse and then she asked me if i do any street drugs and i said uh, i take claritin d she did not find that funny which isn't good because that's the only demographic that that joke is for and so that happened so then i get put into a room i get put into this like three by three room and this whole center is kind of in like this strip mall it's in it's in this place where it was probably previously like a mexican restaurant or something it originally was not built to be this i'll tell you that much so i'm sitting in basically a booth with a sliding uh like the accordion doors that were popular 20 years ago and so i can hear pretty much everything going on I'm thinking in my head, I'm thinking, how can I get this steroid shot? What do I have to say? What do I have to really convey to get this steroid shot? And so, you know, I'm preparing my answers and this, I hear a lady outside, one of the nurses, answer the phone. And she's like, yeah, yeah, um, I mean, we could pull it out of her nose, but how old is the child? three can you see it well then why don't you just pull it out of the nose and i was thinking and that's really stuck with me because i think when you're at work you're always trying to take you're always trying to take shortcuts right i mean no one wants to work no no one 
very few people at work are like, I actively want to work. So when I heard this, I thought this is a whole nother level. I thought I'd cut corners. This is a whole nother level. Because this lady, this lady is in a position where she really shouldn't be cutting corners. She's a nurse in an urgent care. And someone, a troubled mother, I'm guessing, is calling about their three-year-old child with something stuck in its nose. And not even trying to fake it. Not even trying to fake it. You could have been like, look, uh, wiggle the nose and wiggle it. And if it doesn't fall out in 20 minutes, bring her up here. Could have done that because it'll probably fall out. Could have done that. Or could have anything. But to tell the mother, how about you just do it, is bananas to me. So these are the kind of folks I'm dealing with. Real, ruthless, cutthroat, cold as ice killers. So I knew I would probably get my steroid shot. I just had to play my cards right. So doctor comes in, checks out the throat. Obviously the throat does not look good since I can't speak. Um, you know, very well at all. Give her the classics. And this isn't my first rodeo of the steroid shot, okay? And this is a bit of a bit of a favorite of mine. And I don't count this going I don't count this as going to the doctor. So I'm thinking, okay, I just gotta tell her I'm congested, tell her my throat hurts, tell her I've got, you know, not the flu, but I want to get rid of it. That's a secret. If you ever want to get a steroid shot, tell the nurse or the doctor or the nurse practitioner, I don't, know, I don't know the difference, to be honest. Tell them you want to, quote-unquote, nip it in the bud. If you say you want to nip it in the bud, that is code word for, I want a steroid shot. Just like on the streets, you know, if you say, uh, I want to get wet, you know, that that's, you're probably going to get some PCP. You know, it's just street lingo. It's just how it works. So I talk to my nurse, and I tell her, Tell her I want to nip it in the bud. I want to nip it in the bud. You know? Hey, 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 hey. You mind it? You mind if I nip it in the bud real quick? And she kind of gives me the look like, okay. Okay. I got you. I, I, I understand what you're saying. So she goes back and I can hear her outside the accordion door preparing the, my, my uh, shot. And... This usually happens at this point because up until then, it's really just kind of a thrill. Like, can I actually get the steroid shot or am I going to get some like Claritin D or am I going to get some Allegra D or, you know, am I going to get something I'm not even going to take? Am I going to be sick for the next six months? Like, I want this shot. So you're so focused on the chase and the hunt that you then, once it's apparent you're going to get the shot, then you start to doubt yourself. And you're like, damn, do I want this shot? Do I need this shot? Because if you don't know the steroid shot, Goes in through the cheeks. And, you know, so it's a bit embarrassing. But, so you're sitting there, and you're at this point now you're thinking, damn, do I really want to take this shot? You know, like, do I want to have them big pinch, big poke, as they say? And so I'm kind of doubting myself at this point. The lady comes back, burly woman. Definitely not someone that you would pick first out of a lineup to give you a shot, but it is what it is. So what I wasn't prepared for was, see, I knew 
that I was going to have to bend over and take the shot in my cheek. But I had I didn't know if she knew that. So I didn't want to be like I didn't want her to come back into the, to the room and me just you know presented. I, I didn't want I didn't want that to happen. I didn't want it to be like a scene from Monsters Ball or something. So I was like, well, I'll just wait. You know, so I'll, I'll just wait. And then when she tells me to assume the position or whatever, then I'll just do my do my end of the bargain. So she walks back in the room, and she never really says anything. She's kind of, you know, preparing the needle and preparing the whatever the chamber with the fluid is. She's just kind of doing that kind of stuff, and I'm standing there, and... So she turns around, needle needle ready, and I'm thinking, damn, maybe they changed their rules. Maybe now you can get it in the arm or you get it like in the thigh. I don't know. I'm not a doctor. And so for for whatever reason, what came out of my mouth was, so how do we go about this? Just the creepiest possible. So how do you want to do this? Uh, take your jeans down, pal, and bend over that cold table i mean when i said it i was like oh i meant uh i meant here you want me to on this table you just want me to right there and then that's when she hit me with the big pinch full pinch big poke big poke and it hurt pretty bad actually it hurt way worse than i thought it hurt way worse than i thought but it worked it works and that's the important part so i'm feeling better now i'm feeling better now so that's what I've been doing is recuperating a ton of uh, Mucinex, Claritin D, all that good stuff. So, uh, yeah, if I sound a little scratchy, a little, a little different, that's what it is. But I wanted to get a podcast out this week, so here we freaking are. And like I said, we are straight up catching up right now. No mustard because I have no script. So, But one thing that, we, one thing that the world is talking about is this coronavirus. Now, we've covered the coronavirus extensively on this show. And at the beginning, I think it was like, yes, this this is the new Zika. This is the new uh, swine flu. This is the new bird flu. This is the new SARS. This is the new this. It, it, it's, it's always something, right? There's always a pandemic on the horizon. And so I think people thought, well... What the hell am I even reading? It's coming from a place in China, some biological warfare. It's coming from bat soup. It's coming from, you know, I don't even know what's real, what's not real. Armadillos are being eaten, and coronavirus is here, right? So at the beginning, who knew? Who knew at the beginning what to expect, or if, if it was real, or if it would escape China, or if it would just stay in China? Or if it was really to bats. Or if it was on cruise ships. Or if it was genetically modified in a bioterrorism lab. I don't know. I didn't have the answers. Now, we're a few weeks into this thing, I think. Maybe a month. Maybe two months. I don't know. Time flies. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm a little more confused right now than ever. Because I think we're at a crossroads where it's either incredibly real to the point of like human existence being extinct or it's just another one of the Zika flu scare things and there's evidence for both 
evidence for it being fake is the CDC telling me that, you know, the masks aren't going to work. Don't bother wearing a mask. Don't bother washing your hands. Nothing you can do. You know, stuff like that. Uh, You hear about it being in really isolated areas. You hear something that is a telltale sign of something being fake is or something being overplayed. It's when they say that it affects people with a weakened immune system. When you hear that, it's like, okay, well, yeah, so does pneumonia. You know, like pneumonia, if somebody with a weakened immune system gets pneumonia, or pneumonia, not ammonia, if someone with a weakened immune system gets an pneumonia, yeah, it's probably pretty bad too. So then you start thinking, eh, is this just kind of a little scary boy? Is this, like, what are we, what are we actually talking about here? But then you hear stuff about like, hey, it's, it's a 15, 20% mortality rate. Uh, it's everywhere it is. It's destroying Italy, destroying China. It's in South Korea now. Once once it's in a place, the numbers jump from 100 to 1,524 hours. Oops, it's in Washington State now. Oh, one person died. 24 hours later, six people are dead. So when you hear stuff like that, it's like, well... What I, I really thought today, what if it's real? What if, let me just let me just ask you. What if, and not even like a walking dead scenario, not even like a zombies walk the planet. What if tomorrow the you know head of the World Health Organization came out and said, look, I'm a level with y'all. Coronavirus is real. We have no cure for it. And it is spreading wildly. We expect 20% of the Earth's population to be dead in the next nine months from coronavirus. And we're actively trying to stop it, but we really don't know what to do. So do not go to work. Do not go to school. Board yourself up in your households. And we have to try and wait this thing out. What if they actually told you that? Like, what if it was as real as it gets? What do you think would happen? What do you think would happen in the world if that was the case? I mean, I, I, I really don't know. I, I've been thinking about it. I've been thinking about it for the last probably 10 hours of what they would, what would happen. And part of me thinks it would be just global panic. And we would see absolute mass panic in every single way. But it, would, but it would also be so interesting because we live in this insane state anyways. Like we live in this place that's not even really real. You know, like we live in this bananas world right now. I mean, it, when you step back and look at the world and look at just how our economy is and how our social ladder is and how just stuff works in the world, it could not be any more insane. We've got, we, simultaneously, we have postmen who go make, whatever, $45,000 a year being a postman. Who the hell is using the mail? We have them existing in the same world as their better counterparts of like Amazon, FedEx, UPS, where they're delivering stuff better than these people are, but they still exist. Then we jump to like TikTokers where people are making millions of dollars doing TikTok 
And we we have a blurred gender line where James Charles is somehow the most beautiful woman on the planet. Like it's if there was ever a time for people to not be prepared to deal with a pandemic, it's right now. It's as we speak. Could you imagine if you told people, "All right, fend for yourselves. Fend for yourselves. Do not leave your house. This is the end of this is the end of days." Half of the universe, or half of the world, would be tick-tocking from their bedrooms. The other half of the world, or the other half of the country, wouldn't know how to turn on a computer. The gap of our society right now is absolutely bananas. Absolutely insane. I know people my parents' age, so we're talking a generation up, who have never used a computer, who don't have Wi-Fi, okay? My gra- my grandfather doesn't have Wi-Fi at his house. Neither does my grandma. Both, both of them don't have Wi-Fi. My parents don't have a computer. They have an iPad, but my dad, I don't think, has ever turned on a computer in his life. He can use the iPad, but as far as, like, hooking up a desktop, never happened. No, he doesn't have an email address, I don't think. He's never sent an email, I can guarantee you that. Maybe for, like registration and stuff maybe he has an email but he's never sent an email then you drop it down a little bit people younger than me they can't even go to the store without busting out without busting out a tiktok real quick they move in tiktoks they're moving in tiktoks they're not just like like vine was one thing vine was just youtube light youtube is basically tv tiktok is a whole nother world. Now imagine if all those generations, all those people, all are told, just go into a room, go into a house, go into a safe space. Money doesn't matter anymore. Clout doesn't matter anymore. 20% of us are going to die. We have a terrifying disease. May God have mercy on your soul. You talk about you talk about a, pl- a, a group of people who just have absolutely no clue what the hell is going on is the people that walk this planet right now. Right now. It's, it's I mean, you got Pete Buttigieg dropping out of the race. Joe Biden went in South Carolina, which should make you really wonder about what the hell is going on in South Carolina. You've got Bernie Sanders doing his stuff, Trump doing his stuff, and then the TikTokers. And then James Charles. Jeffrey Starr is making $20 million a year. Who is buying all this makeup? Kylie Jenner is basically a chameleon. Kylie Jenner, I just saw an Instagram picture of Kylie Jenner, her latest Instagram post. She went from being white, really white, to being like Persian, to being black, and now she's Brazilian. She is chameleoning at a rapid rate. She is going to hit more ethnicities than the coronavirus. Kylie, I I can't keep up with her. I saw the picture. I didn't even know who it was. Boom, it's Kylie Jenner. She's Brazilian now. Respect her Brazilian ethnicity. There you go. She's trying to outrun the coronavirus by switching countries. But she's staying in the same place. She's just doing it. She's just changing everything here. She's just changing everything. I'll try and find a photo for the people on YouTube. 
but she's cha- she's changing her outward appearance to trick the coronavirus. It's a crazy place. It's an absolutely insane place. Now you may have noticed my tan. You may have noticed my uh, gorgeous tan that I have now. That's, finally, we have some sunshine where I'm from, and the temperature was nice this weekend. So I went for a beach cruise. I rode my bike up and down the boardwalk. Oh, talk about a beautiful day. Then the next day, laid out in the backyard. I uh, hit rock bottom, though. When I was laying out in the backyard, this is where the tan comes from, doing a little snoozing out in the backyard, I got into a bottle of champagne. I got into a bottle of champagne, and um, I got on Amazon. Dangerous game to play is Champagne Sun Amazon, We especially on the weekend, because on the weekend, you're trying to be so damn reckless you don't care about Monday. You don't care about bills. You don't care about money. So I just started adding stuff to my cart. I bought a stand-up paddleboard. A stand-up paddleboard. I just bought it. Whatever. Stand-up paddleboard. Can't hide money. Come on. Send it on down, Bezos. Stand-up paddleboard. Rock freaking bottom. Champagne tipsy stand-up paddleboard. So I'm going to be living that stand-up paddleboard life in the next couple of days here. Uh, also bought a fly fishing rod. I've never fly fished in my life. I probably haven't cast a fishing line in 15 years, something like that. And said, you know, you know what I need? I need a stand up paddleboard and I need a fly fishing outfit. Thanks. Thanks, Andre Champagne. Thanks, Corbell. That's what I need is to go fly fishing. So that's my new life now. My new life now is stand-up paddleboarding, uh, fly fishing. I'm just going to go full beach bum, I think, I think this year. I think this summer, this spring, I'm going to go full beach bum. And you know what I did before? You know about a crazy Sunday. You know what I did before the champagne extravaganza? I went to a local coffee shop. I ordered a cortada. What? I ordered a cortada. What is a cortada? A cortada is two ounces of espresso and like two ounces or three ounces of, I think, steamed milk. Who the hell do I think I am? Who in the hell? Do I think I'm Jimmy Fallon? I'm going to local coffee shops and ordering cortadas on a Sunday morning? I brought a book. I brought a book. I was, I, you know, I, I went, I sat in that coffee shop. Shout out to Jacked Up Coffee. I sat in that coffee shop for probably 45 minutes. I had like a little, I don't don't know why I'm looking around, I don't have one on me. But I had a little, um, it's like a glass, it looks like a shot glass. It looks like like this shot glass you would take like a Jaeger bomb out of. Or like a, uh, like a red, like a, uh, a Vegas bomb. Like, you know, kind of a, kind of a bigger, thicker shot glass. It, It looked like that. And it was full of orange frothy espresso milk concoction and i sat there with my little thimble shot glass thing my little thimble shot glass thing my book i sat in the coffee shop at i don't know 9 a.m sunday morning i sat there and i sipped my espresso and read my book for like 45 minutes and then went and laid out in the sun drank champagne and ordered a stand-up paddleboard and a fly fishing rod. Who the hell do I think I am?
I can't even look at myself in the mirror. Insane Sunday. That was yesterday. So I'm filming this. I'm recording this on Monday. So the day after my... I mean, think about my week. I've ingested a cortada, a steroid shot in my cheek, uh, some champagne, a stand-up paddleboard, fly fishing. Like, like, what? what is life? That's You think I'm scared of the coronavirus? I'm just living, baby. I'm just living. I'm trying to do Kylie. I'm trying to be like Kylie. Kylie decides she's just going to change her ethnicity. And she's just going to be Brazilian. And I decided I'm going to buy a stand-up paddleboard. So be on the lookout on my uh, social medias for my uh, my stand-up paddleboard career, my fly fishing career. All that stuff's going to take off. So pretty excited about that. But um, as far as in the news, we'll hit another couple of news stories here. And then we'll, we'll make this short. Um, so... CBS, this, this was an interesting little little thing in the sports world. CBS uh, offering Tony Romo like $15 million a year. It's a hundred. It's a $180 million 10-year deal for Tony Romo to continue being the announcer on CBS. I mean, you talk about, you talk about just can't miss is Tony freaking Romo. Tony Romo is like... The Black Drake. I mean, this guy has the Midas touch with everything he does. NFL quarterback? Sure. For what team? Dallas Cowboys, America's team. Most watched team in sports. Oh, cool. Um, What else? Uh, Married Miss Missouri, I think it was. Married a supermodel. Okay, cool. What else does he do? Uh, He's a scratch golfer. Um, That's pretty cool. Oh, what else? Uh, He's going to be an announcer. Oh, wow, he's the best announcer on TV. Uh, well, let's let's give him a, let's give him an extension. He's 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 good. Let's let's give him an extension. How much? Um, how about two hundred million dollars? Well done, Tony. Well done, man. Tony Romo has somehow figured it out. The interesting part, though, is that they wanted Peyton Manning before Tony Romo, and I cannot tell you how dumb that is. I cannot tell you how dumb that is because I just don't know who thinks Peyton Manning's that funny. I think Peyton Manning is kind of a hack. Like, I don't think he's really funny at all. I think Peyton Manning is just kind of, kind of whatever, corny, pretty corny, pretty corny guy. And the like Tony Romo is just so good, so obviously good. Something that everyone can agree on is just Tony Romo is excellent. And the fact that we almost got just cruise ship humor, just yuck yuck knock knock jokes from Peyton Manning. We almost got that. Oh, oh, baby. Thank God Tony Romo came and saved us. That's a $200 million well spent, CBS, so that we didn't have to listen to Peyton Manning. Oh, could you imagine? His Peyton Places or whatever they're called is bad enough. Oh, thank God for Tony Romo is what I say. And then when I was actually during Mardi Gras, the Saturday of Mardi Gras weekend, uh, Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury had their fight, the rematch, and Tyson Fury, I mean, went full American History X and just really put it to Deontay Wilder. And, you know, I knew they had the rematch clause, and I was actually kind of curious how this, how this would happen because I thought 
if I was Wilder's agent or promoter or whatever, somebody close to him, I would say, look, man, how about you just take some easier fights? Let's get your confidence back up. Let's get everything back up. Let's get your life together. And then let's fight Fury again. Let, let's let's try and get that third match in a few years when he's older and you know, you're 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 back to being your confident dude. But they're going to fight in six months. Wilder. So if you don't know, Wilder exercised his rematch clause, and Fury Wilder three will be July 18th in the same arena where Fury Wilder two was, and. I just don't know because this is the rare situation where you could say like what, what what does Wilder have to lose, and I argue he has a ton to lose because let's say he goes out there and he fights Fury and the exact same thing happens, which we have no reason to believe that it won't. Tyson Fury to me has not lost a round against Deontay Wilder that Wilder has not knocked him down in. So as long as Fury's standing up, Fury's winning. And the last fight was a massacre. It was a seven-round massacre where Fury knocked out Wilder, I think, three times, the first one in the third round. It was ugly. And if that happens again, you have to really question all of a sudden just how good is Deontay Wilder. You know, we kind of had this little time frame there where it was Deontay Wilder was the guy. Deontay Wilder was the next Mike Tyson. He was Mr. 40-0, Mr. 40-0, 38 knockouts. This guy hurts people. This guy does not get knocked down. This guy does not get phased. And all of a sudden, Tyson Fury comes in, a much bigger fighter, a much more technical fighter, and Tyson Fury embarrasses him in front of his, whole, in front of his friends and family. So if Tyson Fury does the same thing, all of a sudden, Wilder's legacy, I think, takes a huge hit. Now, of course, he still has the wins, he still has the knockouts, whatever, but it's hard to just be like, yeah, man, he got embarrassed by the best person he ever faced, but he's still, he's still the man. And what it reminds me of is when Tiger Woods was, was at his peak, and you could just see this enormous difference in the number one player, Tiger Woods, and the number two player, whoever it was at the time, VJ Singh or Phil Mickelson or Sergio Garcia or whoever. And that's kind of how it feels with Fury and Wilder, is that if Fury goes and just demolishes Wilder and Fury goes and beats Joshua, then it's like, okay, well, we thought we had Fury and Wilder and Joshua, and now it looks like we just have Fury, and then this kind of clump down here, this clump zone of... Wilder, Joshua, you know, just the rest of them. And maybe that's the case. Maybe Fury somehow is underrated. Maybe Fury is way better than we're giving him credit for. Could easily be the case. Could easily be the case. I mean, he he's never lost. And not only has he never lost, but he's beat Wilder twice in my eyes. He beat Klitschko. You know, he, he does it in style. I mean, he knocked out... He really for the safety of Deontay Wilder, they had to stop that fight. For his own safety, they had to stop it. And that's something else. But a third match will happen July 18th. Um, I don't see a reason to to believe that Fury won't just do the same thing over and over again. Uh, Just keep beating Wilder. I think it's just a bad matchup for the guy. 
And the real question is, what does this do for Wilder's legacy? I mean, if Wilder does go get beat, what's his next fight? Does he just go fight some trash can? Why do it then? Why not do it now? I mean, what, what does Wilder think happened in that second fight where he's like, oh, yeah, 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 I got him. I got him in the third fight. Don't worry. He was never competitive in that second fight. And the first fight should have went to Fury. If the first, if the first fight goes to Fury, there is no third fight. I mean, we're, we're watching a trilogy where the same guy could win all three. How many times can we say that that's happened? Not many. Not many. Thank you guys for sticking around. This has been the Janus Quinnish Show podcast. Thank you very, very much. Feels good to be back in front of the microphone. Remember, you can watch every episode on YouTube, James Scrametta, or you can listen to the episodes on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, anywhere you find your podcast. Make sure to subscribe and listen. People ask me all the time which helps you more. Of watching them or listening to them really doesn't matter to me. Um, just make sure that you are doing one or the other. What does help is rating the podcast. So subscribe to the podcast, give it five stars, and you know, or whatever, whatever you want to do it. I would do five stars, but I'm not going to tell you what to do. Rate the podcast, give it five stars, listen to it, watch it on YouTube, whatever. But that rating it. Five stars really, really, really helps. So if you do, if you do enjoy the podcast, if you are subscribed, there's no reason not to rate it. So please go do that. Thank you very much. I will see you maybe later this week, maybe next week, something like that. But we're back to our regular scheduled programming. Until next time. Are you listening? Damn.